Well, hello, and welcome to Sips and Sensibility, a podcast where three best friends from college talk about Jane Austen adaptations. This season, we're discussing persuasion. I'm Julia. I'm Beth. And I'm Lori. Today, we're discussing the 2020 film, Modern Persuasion. You can watch it with your Prime subscription on Amazon or on Hulu. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Pod and give us a like on Facebook. Also, please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really helps us out and we love to hear your thoughts. So before we get started talking about this truly... <laughs> modern <laughs> adaptation i really don't know what other words to use to describe it before we delve into this conversation which i'm sure will be interesting i got to know ladies what you sipping well let me just say it is currently 62 in northern georgia Mm-mm-mm. um when i walked out of the house this morning it was a brisk 40 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, not Celsius, dear Lord. Um, it is officially sweater weather. You can yes. fight me all you want. It is time. It is here. And to celebrate, I'm having my first hot tea of the season. Amazing. Um, I am having a celestial black cherry tea, fruit tea. Mm. Um, I thought about having chai to like really get in the full mood uh but that has caffeine so (laughs) well i really am not gonna fight you Lori. i wore a sweater today and i felt snug as a bug in a rug i am just so excited for it to be fall oh yeah i'm here for it the cold weather is here it's super windy today so i was like yes pants long sweater i'm in for it and i'm actually drinking something similar Lori. Oh, really? It's, it's not my not my first one of the season, but I'm drinking a hot toddy. Ooh. Um, also known as a hottie toddy. No. That's what I call it. Hottie toddy. No. I call it that literally every time. It been like hates me for it. Mm-mm. But I loved this last winter on the podcast and it's back. It's a staple. <laughs> it's basically some um, Irish breakfast tea or whatever breakfast tea of your choice. Some whiskey or bourbon. Some citrus, so get you a little orange or lemon or lime in there, uh, and then some honey. So it's such a good, like, warm winter beverage. Mm. I love a hot toddy. Not a hottie toddy, because that is <laughs> a football team in Mississippi. But I do like I do like hot toddies. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, well, I'm also in the holiday spirit. I'm – I I feel like this is – not fall it's it's probably christmas but i i have been truly embracing fall i have my fall potpourri out my little Mm. um abstract pumpkins displayed um i've been drinking pumpkin coffee and i'm not gonna lie to you guys i've been drinking pumpkin coffee for far too long i'm usually a strict seasons advocate do not celebrate fall until september 20th (laughs) when fall begins i think it's september 20th um it's the 22nd. Oh, 22nd. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Beth. 
but this season school started and I was like I need I need something so um I started eating and drinking pumpkin related things then <laughs> but now that it's cool I feel like I can really do that and um actually tonight like I said I think this is more Christmas but I'm drinking a poinsettia which is Ooh. basically just champagne and cranberry juice so um it it's very celebratory feeling I feel like you know she's got to celebrate being back <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I have here tonight that sounds delightful. Also, in uh, sticking to correct seasonal beverages, I guess, uh, I completely break that tradition. I drink peppermint mocha creamer year-round. I can't drink my normal coffee without it. I am so <laughs> sorry. Shoot me all you want, but I I have to have it. No, it's so true. You've always been a peppermint mocha girly. Big peppermint mocha gal. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's something about uh, coffee with creamer, like hot coffee mm. with creamer in it, that just like reminds me of the winter. Mm. It's a very comforting because I drink hot coffee all year round, but I drink it black. So there's something about like adding creamer to it that <laughs> that just like makes it different. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, before we dive into our opinions on this adaptation, let's talk about it a little <laughs> bit. Let's talk about what happens so this is our first I'd love to know <laughs> please enlighten us yeah i'm gonna do my best um this is our first modern adaptation of persuasion that we've covered this season named modern persuasion mm-hmm. very, very very original apt title there it's just on the nose yes and this follows a main character named ren who works for what I believe is like a marketing firm. I think so. Slash agency. She's a cat mom with incredibly terrible fashion sense. Um, that early sorry. 2000s. I could not resist. I, I have so much more to say about the costuming. I'm going to hold it in for now. But basically, she works at this marketing firm. And essentially, all of the coworkers like become her family like her family is translated into her coworkers. it's weird it doesn't always make sense yeah but i'm not gonna break it down one by one that's just essentially what happens uh one day they get a client for his company called laconia and lo and behold it's turned it turns out that it is owned by her former lover <laughs> owen <laughs> owen who is basically her captain wentworth um so a ton of hijinks ensue he like gets involved with one of the like lower level employees at her company basically these two girls that are just like they're like her assistants um, yeah they're like her assistants and they basically translate to like the cousins from the novel um they're silly and fun and younger and they flirt a lot with owen and she gets jealous and they end up going and all staying at this house together in the Hamptons and she meets Owen's friend Sam and he's of course the sad lover boy whose (laughs) fiance has left him and and they really bond and in all of this we're seeing how Ren was influenced how she was persuaded by her aunt Vanessa her aunt Vanessa really like discouraged her from getting with Owen 
when they were in college. After she graduated college, Owen wanted her to like move and be with him and her aunt discouraged that. And so Ren changed her mind. Um, and we kind of see herself like questioning that over and over during this time. Um, after they spend time in the Hamptons, um, at the very end of that visit, actually, one of the girls falls and gets seriously injured and ends up in the hospital. I think that's a pretty obvious parallel there. Um, not a big surprise. Uh, and then there's a big party. Um, it's kind of like the the launch that this marketing firm has done. And that scene kind of parallels the concert scene where Ren is like pursuing Owen, but then there's this other guy in the way and they're confused and misled. But, you know, we see them at this big party scene and, and Ren is trying to constantly talk to Owen. We see Owen trying to talk to her. And that's really where things just like come to a point for her. You know, she breaks down to her aunt and she's like, you know, you influence me. You turned me against him. Like, this is my biggest regret. Like, I still love him. I still believe in this love. But unfortunately, Owen thinks that she's with someone else. And it's not until some time passes that um, Owen overhears a conversation that she has where she's like, no, love, like, love takes so long, you know, to get over. Like, I still hang on to love. And at the very end of the film, he makes this like big impassioned speech where he's like <laughs> presenting his company. And at the very beginning, we see him send a text and he he basically sends a text to her that's like, hey, remember when we read Persuasion in college? I remember the line, half agony, half hope. That's me right now. And... He sends that to her in like this whole basically long text message about how he still loves her and cares about her. She shows up at his apartment. They get together happily ever after. Does that feel like? Does that feel like we covered it? Yeah, most of it, pretty I think much we covered it all. <laughs> okay, well now that we've kind of summarized it, that I gave that super broad, <laughs> vast <laughs> summary. It's just not the best. It's just an interesting movie. But yeah, it's hard to talk about, but. Anyways, that's enough of my opinion. What did you guys think about this film? I definitely have some thoughts. Um, it This gave me, well, it is a very cheesy rom-com without the cheesy and also the rom-com because it wasn't very good. I don't know. It was mm -hmm. a hot mess, basically. Uh, the adaptation aspect of it is very loose they hit some high points but overall it just reads as a comedy movie that they're trying mm. to get some people with the title I don't know I did not like it it looked okay the acting was bad mm. uh, and I'm sure we'll get into that in a minute mm -hmm. there was like no chemistry and I I could not wait until it was over. <laughs> you know, I I agree with you, Lori. Um, it sounds brutal, but just you wait until you see this movie. <laughs> I think you'll agree. Um, I know we'll get into this more later, but it is very loose, as Lori stated. Um, again, acting, not great. I think the thing that really stood out to me the most, though, was that they have modern persuasion in the title. And it felt like they were trying 
so hard with the dialogue to make it seem really modern by using a lot of like <laughs> buzzwords and like uh s- modern slang like uh, you know saying oh, gosh I'm trying to even echo they said echo mm. instead of like I agree mm-hmm. yeah it was, like, it was stuff weird. like that like very like you know making fun of millennials a lot it was really not good like it was so cringy and the thing that's annoying too is that the people that were using this kind of language the most were the two girls that are supposed to be like um aunt's cousins and they're 25 so they're the same age as me and they also were joking about how they're millennials in the workplace or whatever i'm like y'all if you're what what is happening and also millennial (laughs) like you guys are baby millennials anyway it was annoying i know yeah, it was weird. I think I'm the only one that had seen this before. And I don't remember it being this bad. But it certainly was not very good for me. Oh, no. And I think one of the things that bothered me so much is it's just like it felt like a movie that was made in 2009. Mm-hmm. But it was made in 2020. Like everything about it felt wrong and outdated. Mm-hmm. Like the costumings, the dialogue, like... Uh, some of the choices that they made were just very strange. Mm -hmm. And I had to keep reminding myself that this came out in 2020. It it was just very odd. Yeah. And on the note of it coming out in 2020, which I hate to bring this up, like COVID did happen in 2020, but this obviously had to have filmed before that to come out in 2020. Like with production and editing and all of that. So we can't even blame... (laughs) the bad acting and the poor set and the awful costumes on lack of money and availability of people due to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Well, this does not have the best reception from, (laughs) (laughs) from others either. Uh, It has a 3.3 stars out of five on Amazon, a 4.9 it has a 4.8 out of 10 on IMDb and on Rotten Tomatoes it has a 50% critic score and a 40% audience score. So it, honestly, not as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah. The 3.3 out of five. I was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, a lot. I, after I finished watching and honestly during, I was scrolling through some of the reviews because I, I hate to admit it, but my mind was pretty much made up early on how I felt. So I felt, you know, okay in reading reviews and not being influenced. And it was either hot or cold. Mm -hmm. People either loved it like for what it was or they absolutely hated it and like just trashed it. So I think the weird 3.3, 4.8 is like people Mm -hmm. rating it super super high like five out of five stars and then people going like Mm. straight to zero yeah i i do feel like you know this movie to me the script was bad the adaptation was bad i'm just gonna say that the costuming as beth mentioned bad i feel like the cinematography was like fine but there were moments where it wasn't good. Like you couldn't tell what you're supposed to be focusing on. Yeah. Um, there was kind of like a montage of moments where Anne and Wentworth were trying to talk to each other during a party scene. 
And it was so hard to pick them out of the crowd because of the way the shots were placed. Um, so that was really weird. And then in terms of the the music in the film, again, it was one of those things where in some of these modern adaptations where it was just like nothing to write home about, you know, like very hallmarky. I will say I didn't notice any bad use of music. So that is true. <laughs> that's something. <laughs> yeah, it just there were so many moments that took me out of it. And I think the cinematography was part of that for me like i mentioned the costumes were a huge deal Mm -hmm. they put continually put the main characters in like i don't know how to describe it but like a sexy business professional look (laughs) where the girls are wearing like really tight pencil skirts with a very like 2000sy blouses there was it, neckties, it was just, like shirt neckties. Yes, almost every single shirt that Rin wore had like a necktie type of situation. Mm-hmm. It was just very, very strange. And I think that was the biggest thing that dated it for me mm-hmm. Yeah, was the costumes. I mean, they seemed so wrong. Yeah, the costumes and definitely the, like, I don't know who they were trying to play at with the words but like all like julie was saying the buzzwords that constantly kept coming up and all of the really bad slang didn't even Mm -hmm. feel like real Mm -hmm. yeah it wasn't organic at all yeah they weren't even using like real slang or things that you know potentially could be true like i'm sorry nobody is saying echo to like agree with you or like to repeat that's the danger of filling a movie with so much modern slang is it changes so fast that it's already at this point a little bit dated um one thing that we haven't mentioned yet too is that i feel like they also are um there are a couple of moments where people make jokes that get called out for being inappropriate and i felt like that was such a weird thing to do because it was like I, I feel like you're trying to draw attention to the characters who are calling out the inappropriate jokes. But in reality, I'm just wondering why you put those jokes in here in the first place. Um, I don't know. That just yeah. kind of stuck out to me a little bit. Um, but now that we've discussed the costumes, the cinematography, the music, let's get to the acting. Let's talk about our leading lady and leading man. In this adaptation, as we've said, Anne Elliott is named Wren Cosgrove, and she's portrayed by the actress Alicia Witt. So what did you all think of Alicia Witt's portrayal of Wren? Yikes. <laughs> um, she seems... Okay, first off, when I first saw her, I thought she was um, Jane from the Lizzie Bennet Diaries, and... Like just at first glance, and then I took a closer look and I said, "Oh, wait, never mind." <laughs> um, but her, I, I don't know if it was the script or just her acting, but I wasn't getting anything from her. I guess like there wasn't a whole lot of emotions mm-hmm. that I could sense coming from her. Um, like there's this one scene I can picture in my head where she's like delivering these lines and she's staring dead ahead her scene partner is right next to her and her face is just blank and it's like she's reading off of a teleprompter almost and I'm like how this is not acting I'm sorry but this is not acting 
Yeah, it was incredibly disappointing, her portrayal. Honestly, I felt like she didn't, she was giving nothing. And I was just reading something and they described it as Alicia's, Alicia Witt's charm. I'm sorry, I was what? Not, <laughs> was not charmed. I was not getting charm here. Uh, I was getting uncomfortable and awkward. Uh, you know, I think that I have seen her in something else before. And I remember thinking she was not bad. But this movie, I mean, especially watching it a second time. I think that it was a real, a real part of why this real big part of why this movie kind of fell flat is, is because of her and her portrayal of Anne slash Rin. Yeah. And I think another key part besides the bad acting is that the character that they do give her to play isn't Anne, you know, like she's all of a sudden like this massive career woman and she only lives for her career which I guess is them trying to like make her you know book adaptation of I am all about my family to all about my business but it just it doesn't read the same she's not really shy um it it's just not Anne yeah you know I I don't necessarily feel like I thought that it it wasn't Anne because we've seen an Anne that was so much more dramatically not Anne in the the newest (laughs) 2022 persuasion. But I definitely felt like, you know, as we've said, the script isn't perfect, but I I did really feel like Anne fell flat in a lot of moments. Um, I, I, she just... I think for me, the biggest thing was that she did not seem like she had chemistry with anyone on screen. Literally anyone. Mm -hmm. Maybe Mary a little bit. Um, But, you know, it it was just hard to watch an actress that didn't have chemistry, I feel like, with anyone. So because of that, everything felt super awkward. Um, I did feel like there was one scene that she did pretty well, and that was when she is confronting her aunt in a bathroom about how she um, didn't let her go after, um, gosh, what's his name? Um, Because she didn't let Owen? Yes. She didn't let her go after Owen. I was trying to remember because they renamed him from Wentworth. Um, (laughs) But she's going after her aunt because uh, she told her not to to date Owen um and I felt like in that scene she kind of has a little bit of a breakdown and I I kind of believed it um I felt like she did a pretty good job but then there there's a problem with that scene they kind of change the aunt's character and give her all these reasons for why she did it and it totally changes their dynamic um but she says something to make Anne laugh and then Anne goes back to being mad at her and so when that change of emotion happened, she went from like desperately sad to laughing to desperately sad again. I was like, okay, that doesn't track. Um, and you know, that could be a directing thing, but I did feel like the moments before her aunt responded to her when she was really upset, I felt like she did a good job there. So I thought I should mention something positive. <laughs> <laughs> 
So now that we have discussed Ren, let's talk about her leading man in this adaptation. The equivalent of Captain Frederick Wentworth is named Owen Jasper, and he is played by Shane McRae. So what did you all think of Captain Frederick Wentworth or Owen Jasper? I thought that he did a pretty good job. I don't think that he stood out to me in any major way, but he also... I, in my opinion, did better than Alicia. I think that he was just like fine. I wouldn't recommend him for any further roles, <laughs> but I didn't absolutely hate him either. And I did, I liked the version of Wentworth okay. I feel like overall they stayed pretty true to his character. It just like sucked not to be able to see the chemistry between Owen and Ren. I just felt like that wasn't there um and then i didn't like like how intimate he got with yeah um Mm. with i think is her name kate Mm -hmm. yeah kate um i didn't like how intimate he got with kate i I just felt like that was like a little too far for just like doing it for the sake of jealousy so that part didn't seem like super true to him again i do feel like part of this is the script's fault um you know they tell us that owen chose this firm because he knew ren was going to be working there yeah but then his actions up to the end of the film do not show you that at all he really does cozy up to the two younger girls at the firm like beth said that that really did bother me um and something that i thought was interesting was they seem to have chemistry uh, owen and the the younger girls um, but then at the end of the film, they both tell Ren that they find him super boring. And I was like, Captain yeah. Wentworth in the novel is not boring. Everybody thinks he's super fascinating and charismatic. So I thought that was just a weird choice. Um, I think he did a pretty good job. It didn't, he didn't stick out to me. I felt like he had good chemistry with the other cast members. I will say one scene that just really sticks out to me is it's one of the final moments um ren runs over to owen's house and he confesses his love and quotes some moments from persuasion to her and (laughs) you can tell from the look in his face and the way he's standing that they're trying to make this a big like period peace romantic moment and he's trying to encapsulate like all of the like chivalry of these like period peace gentlemen and it just like to me, it did not work. And I was like, the way you set up this movie being like so modern and like cliche and slangy, this moment just mm, no, doesn't work. Yeah, he was okay. I think that's the general consensus here. But again, like the chemistry just was not there between them. Although his chemistry with the two girls was way too much for me. Um I agree with Beth. I think overall they stayed pretty true to his character, but he did get a little too, I don't want to say close and promiscuous, but like it definitely wasn't casual flirting, uh, especially when we get like the dance scenes. I don't think they're at a club. They're at a party, but, and they're like right up on each other. And I'm like, okay, you can you can do flirty without b- 
happy and sexy because that's definitely not what it is in the book. Mm. I would also like to point something out uh, about Shane McRae because before we started recording, Lori was like, the guy who played Wentworth doesn't even have an IMDb page. Is that what, right, Lori? Can you can you confirm? Oh, yes, I can confirm and I know what you're going to say. And that is because Lori was looking at Went- <laughs> Wentworth the cat. Oh, no. <laughs> I wondered. I thought, I thought Lulu. That's weird. That's not the name of the guy who played Wentworth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. And then, oh, I, and then I realized, then I realized what your mistake was. Yes. Um, wow. So he's been somehow- in a lot. Somehow the cat has higher billing on the IMDb page than he does. I don't know how. The cat has the second highest billing. (laughs) Good grief. Like how that happened, I don't know. But yeah, just just daily life. (laughs) Okay. Now that we've talked about how interesting the plot is Mm -hmm. um, and how questionable the acting is uh let's move on to just how badly this movie uh, adapted this novel mm. so i think we've talked in general how this is just not really an adaptation um it's very loose you know i think one of the major changes that they did that they state at the beginning but then kind of just disappears into the ether and becomes this plot hole is that Wentworth hires her company because he he knows she works there. Um, where obviously in the book he he doesn't, you know, seek her out immediately. Um, so that's kind of an interesting change. But overall the plot goes way more um rom com and comedy than the book does. And one thing I saw in a couple reviews that I was like, oh, that's accurate is they made it more sex in the city than Austin. Mm. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Um, A couple other points, they basically eliminate like half of the book cast. Mm -hmm. And it's like Anne Wentworth, the two girls, and that's kind of it for most of it. Um, They do keep a couple of the like highlights of the books you know um the the big fall that we have um they keep that in and they keep the concert scene leaving part that we all love to hate um it was very interesting because he's leaving his own company's party which doesn't really make sense anyway. But he does say the classic, there's nothing here for me. <laughs> yeah. So just overall, it, it's just not not very good. <laughs> mm. Yeah, like they got most of the key points, but it's just not very good. Mm-hmm. The yeah. text message in the middle of like a company oh. presentation 
Yeah, no. Did not have the same effect as the litter. Also, I just have to say, we talked about this a little bit, but basically it goes from she's reading the text message at the big company reveal to it's the next morning and she's making a smoothie after her classic morning run. And it's like, what happened after the speech was over? Did you storm out? Like, I don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. It didn't make sense. It was so strange. Another really weird thing that they did, I think this is just bad movie direction and script writing, is the beginning part dragged on for so long. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden we get the fall scene and there's like 30 minutes left in the movie and they have to cram the rest of the book in. Like Mm -hmm. the movie's only like 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really short. So it just goes from super slow to all of a sudden we're dropping major plot points mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of very quickly. Yeah, I would agree. It was just overall quite the interesting experience. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Interesting is uh, the key word there. But looking at those book-to-movie accuracies and inaccuracies and the interesting... <laughs> acting choices ladies what are your make it or break it's for this film i definitely have thoughts and feelings well i think that i would uh make my make it once again the mary character who in this film is named elizabeth i will say about this character that she is fun uh, she sees what's going on and clocks what's uh, the history between Ren and Owen, which I think is kind of fun. Um, I will say her pregnancy belly that they make her wear throughout the film yeah. is the worst pregnancy belly I think I've ever seen. It is clearly <laughs> fake and so bad looking. Um, but I think her character is honestly probably my make it. Um <laughs> My break it, and I feel a little bad saying this, but it is Ren's complete lack of chemistry with pretty much everyone on screen that really took me out of the film. Um, and, and also just their insistence on using modern internet slang like every other line. So that's my my break it. Oh, that part was so bad. <laughs> mm. I... I think mine, like, of course I agree with what Julia said, but I think my break it has to be the costumes because that's just the thing that I came away, like, feeling the most <laughs> passionate about. It just really drove me crazy. Um, and part of that, too, is I think when movies invent their own social media, yeah. it just, like, it's a, it's a bad sign. Like, I don't want to bleep you. Mm. Or whatever it was. I mean, that was so funny and strange. Mm. Um, and then I guess my make it would just be like the fact that they tried. Like, I don't think. <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree with you. There's just not another like modern persuasion really. I mean. I feel like the closest we have to this is, unfortunately, the new Persuasion movie that just came out with <laughs> Dakota Johnson. Um, 
So anyways, I'm just, I'm glad they tried. I, I don't think that Persuasion is a hard Jane Austen book to adapt for modern times necessarily. Like it feels like it has some very timeless elements to it, but yet somehow we just don't have a lot of modern adaptations. So like props to them for trying it out. I just have to say when the best that Beth can say for her make it <laughs> is that you tried, you know, you really freaked something up. <laughs> oh, can I steal that? I think that's my make it. Um, no. Uh... <laughs> I mean, but you're not wrong, though. There is, like, no other real modern persuasions, which is sad and depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, come on, Hollywood. Get with it. I would say my actual make it would have to be Wentworth. Um, the kitty was very cute. I enjoyed looking at him. Um, because Beth says I can't steal her make it. Uh, my break it would have to be the atrocious, atrocious internet slang and just mm-hmm. attempts at keywords. I don't know. It was really bad. And it just sounded like somebody was making fun of, you know, the speaking patterns of millennials and Gen Z and it just it was so painfully obvious what they were doing and it just it hurt yeah Ben asked if it was satire it it felt like it but like way too on your nose satire too well and it was so strange because some of the things like Bay and I'm trying to think of some of the other ones but some of the things were not like made up. They were real things that people say, but they just haven't maybe been said yeah. as much in the last like few years. Um, but some of them were just like totally made up. No one that says echo. Like, no one says to echo. Sound cool. <laughs> it was so strange. Well, Lori, now that we've heard your uh, your make it in your break it. <laughs> Who would you date from this adaptation? I'm interested. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I've I've thought about this, right? I will say this adaptation had some of the more better looking men. Um it, it also mm-hmm. helps that they wear you know, like normal clothes because sometimes that's the true. clothes are like not the best. You know, they they look like twenty five year old, thirty year old men that I would mm-hmm. interact with, you know. Um so that's helpful. I think I'm going to go with uh, Sam Benson. I yeah. knew it. He is played by Dominic Reigns. And basically his character is supposed to be Captain Benwick. Um, I thought he was very sweet and definitely uh, had better on-screen chem- chemistry <laughs> uh, in general with everyone than our so Owens. I honestly think he was like one of the best actors there was in this thing. Yeah. yeah. Again, it, it... He was... He was cute too. It, so. it did yeah. bother me. They translated his obsession with sad poetry to sad songs. And I was like, 
okay like sure <laughs> but also guys still can read sad poetry i've met them and they do yeah. still do that so we don't have to <laughs> make everything different yeah but that's not extinct that is it still happens the uh english grad student in me <laughs> so <laughs> All right, and now that we know who you would date, please tell us how was your drink? It was delightful. Mm. Um, the one downside, um, I'm actually currently out of sugar in my house. How? I don't know. I am a baking woman. Um, my ancestors have scorned me. I will be going to Target tomorrow. Um, so I didn't have anything to sweeten my tea, so it was a little, you know, not sweet enough for my taste, but then again, I have a ridiculous sweet tooth, so mm. it probably mm. would have tasted fine to everybody else. <laughs> um, it also cooled off a little quickly, but I am right next to a window, and it is currently 50 degrees outside, so that probably didn't help as well. <laughs> Otherwise, it was great. Beth, how's your hottie toddy? Thank you, Lori. My hottie toddy. It's just a hot toddy. Anyways, um, I kept seeing it in a variety of different ways, too, just to, like, throw a bit off. But he was kind enough to make it for me. It was delicious. It has been gone for, like, a solid 30 minutes or so because it was also cooling off at a very extreme rate, mm. in my opinion. And so I just kind of drink the rest of it. But it unlike yours, Lori, mine had honey in it. Ooh. And all of the honey... I found out was at the bottom because at the end I just got like coated in honey. Oh no. But you know, I'm not complaining. <laughs> How about you, Julia? Well, my poinsettia was really tasty. Um, I bought a very, very, very cheap champagne um, for this <laughs> beverage. And the uh, cranberry juice kind of covers up <laughs> the, the cheap champagne taste so you can still nice. taste the champagne but the cranberry juice just adds a nice complexity and bit of sweetness to it so it was very tasty and very festive and i feel like i should drink them around christmas because i feel like that'd be fun mm -hmm. i one that sounds delightful mm -hmm. two um i have made it my mission to find this drink for next time that I said I was going to have last time, I still have not been able to get a hold of. I will this weekend. I'm, I'm marking it. It will happen. I'm going to find that Mountain Dew seltzer. So help me. Oh my gosh. No, I will find it. Listen, okay. Small. I do not condone. <laughs> do not condone. We at the Small. Sips and Sensibility Podcast LLC do not endorse the drinking of <laughs> Mountain Dew seltzers. Listen, it has been out for like four months or something, right? And Kroger, who every week my family does a Kroger order, right? We go and we pick it up and we bring it home. It is not available for car pickup. For some reason, it is available for delivery and in-store, you know, purchase, right? So I have gone into three different Kroger's three different times that have said that they have had this stupid drink 
in store and it has not been there. I have asked associates. I have been like that person that walks up to customer service and been like, hi, I am on a mission from like a higher power and I need you to deliver this drink to me. No one can find it. If I cannot find it, I swear for this podcast alone, I will order it from the Mountain Dew website. (laughs) Absolutely not. Listen, I have to bring some excitement back to our lives. That's not just crazy drama. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well. (laughs) That's a take. I guess if, if Lori tests it out, that means that there are others who might not have to. I don't, hey, I don't really hey, know. Let, let me be the guinea pig. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I hope everyone, hope everyone enjoyed today's episode of the podcast. Um, we would so appreciate it if you um, rated us or viewed us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram at Sips and Sensibility Pod, and you can like our Facebook page. We are Sips and Sensibility. Please, y'all, y'all, please go on our Instagram and DM us about the Mountain Dew Seltzer. <laughs> Somebody tell that me is, that they want it. <laughs> if you think that it is not worth Lori risking her life, please share. Because... We, Julia and I do not condone this. <laughs> We're concerned. Listen, I inhale enough of that Pepsi product. Uh, I, th- I think one seltzer, because they sell it in single cans. You can get it as like one can. Beth is still looking no. at me with extreme deris- derision in her eyes. Lori, Lori, tell the people <laughs> what they're getting next week and it better not be. <laughs> Better not be what I think you're going to say. Well, hopefully it's the Mountain Dew Seltzer. But uh, next time, we are going to be discussing Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason. That's right. There's another Bridget Jones. Uh, You can watch this on HBO Max if you have that subscription. Or in some markets, you can rent it on Amazon and everywhere you can purchase the DVD. And until then, just keep sipping, y'all. <laughs>